This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. We're going to be chatting about mental health stuff today, and if you are not in a space where that's a good thing for you to be listening to, we get it. It's cool. Join us next time. Babes, listen, it's time to jump on into it with your pals, Nat and Jess, and catch up on all things women's health and fitness. Hello and welcome, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Babes, listen. Oh, wow. I just had a lot of saliva in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, We need so to bring sorry. those tissues over here for uh, for your mouth this what? time. What? Gross. Not just your no. eyes. No. I'm not going to put tissues in, case in my you mouth. dribble and then spit it everywhere. That You're rude. Anyway, awkward. do you want to introduce our very, 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 very important guest? Um, yes, I really do. And no spitting on her, please. Um, so today <laughs> I, I've chatted about this a few times because that's how excited I am. Today, it's bring your therapist to work. <laughs> and I am absolutely a participator. I didn't bring so, my... <laughs> Sorry. Next time. We haven't had four people, but imagine that. That would be fun. Anyway, um, so we've got the lovely Amy joining us today, who is a psychologist, an incredible psychologist, and I know that from personal experience. <laughs> um, so welcome, Amy. Hello. Thank to, you for having me. To the, to the world of podcasting, and we talked about Whoa. it before, this is the first podcast it is. that you're doing, so um, understandably, um, some kind of nervous excitement about coming along and chatting with us for that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, w- is, yeah, which is which is great. We love that because I believe from my calculations, we're up to about 95 <gasps> episodes now. He's about to check. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, I put it in my calendar, I think. Oh, no, I did something on my calendar and to say, oh, I was going to plan something. She's excited then, for the 100. Well, I just think we should do something, Yeah, you know, mm. like whether it's like a giveaway or yeah. something, Celebrate you know. Some, yeah. Some, yeah. yeah. We've got a, we've got a few weeks to sort it out, but um, but enough about that. <laughs> um, so I really wanted to bring you on today, Amy, because I do think you're an an incredible psychologist, and I've seen a few. And uh, <laughs> you have. How many have you seen? Uh, I don't know. I'll do the maths later, but definitely like off the top of, of your 10. head. Doesn't oh, need to be I would say probably seven. Wow, that's a lot. Is that a lot? Eight? That's a lot. Is it not? Hopefully seven and no need for an eighth. You know. <laughs> Yeah, because you found a really good one. That's that's exactly it. Um, yeah, no, unless unless you move away or you know, kind of. Am I um, too loud in your ears? Is no, that no, why no, you're turning no. me no, down? I'm, I'm turning turning it up. Um, uh, no, um, please don't move. Um, so, um, but so what I wanted to start with is just just so um, uh, for those of you who are listening, just how did you get into psychology? You know, kind of was it something you always wanted to do or did you just sort of accidentally find yourself therapizing people? 
accidentally found myself therapising people. Um, so I actually went to university and I have a degree in biochemistry and in genetics. And at the end of that, decided this is not what I want to be doing, like working in a lab. Mm-hmm. So when I worked in bars and stuff and came back and did a paper in psychology, which I was like, this is amazing. So ended up kind of continuing on from there, um, did honours and then some research and then, yeah, PhD in psychology. So, mm. yeah. So you started in biochem. Mm-hmm. How cool. Do you know Shani mm. started with that too? Really? Yeah, she did. Where? Where did you study? Started at Canterbury. Oh, yeah. Biochem and cool. Genetics at Canterbury. Yeah. So and what, did what did you want to do when, did you want to do research in a lab originally? Forensic scientist. Yeah. yeah. No way. Yeah. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's but what I thought. Really that's cool what I thought. Yeah, but then yeah. at the end in of it, I was like, <gasps> so dry. Yeah. yeah. Fair, like, fair. Oh, my God. It's like when I did architecture and then I was like, I hate it. So (laughs) I just did one year and then moved on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. I love um, finding out people's backgrounds because it does tell you what they're interested into. Mm. You know, like you're definitely very science. Science. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And it was sort of, um, was it more kind of neuroscience as well that you looked at in psychology? So I'm a neuropsychologist as well. Ah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think it was, I don't know when it was, maybe it was 2017, 18, they brought out a thing that you had to do an application, put forward all your experience and blah, 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 and then mm. they can you can be called a neuropsychologist. But wow. now I think you have to go through like a specific neuropsychology route at uni. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But neuropsychology is interesting too. So that's sort of like brain chemistry and how the brain works and how that sort of, and I would say that informs you a lot with um, being a psychologist anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's very cool. Mm. Um, how long have you been doing it now? So I did my internship in 2014. So you're practicing then. Mm-hmm. I was working at a clinic up in Massey University actually. And then from, from there, I've been working like full time since. So yeah, almost 10 years. It's wow. a long time. Yeah. It's a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> I had to fill out an application for um, some ACC stuff the other day, and I was like, how many people have you seen, you know, with um, this sort of trauma? And I was like, yeah. how do I, you I don't that? know. I was like, I, I don't know. And I was like, hundreds? One thousand like, wow. plus. You know, like, yeah. And I was just like, my colleague was like, just oh my God. <laughs> 155 like you know I remember like when I started and I'd be like you remembered every single client and yeah. every single and then now I'm like I, I mean I still remember do you remember her I'm proximity yeah and I'm here right well, now well they take notes I love to do notes before, before. Break. <laughs> <laughs> which, which podcast is this again? Jess, <laughs> Jess speak. What was, oh, that's what right, are you that diagnosis? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. That <laughs> we laugh, but the thing is, you know, we were both PTs, so trust me, we, under, we understand. We, yeah, I mean, we, I don't think we see as many people, because you would see people, what, like, sometimes fortnightly, sometimes monthly, like, mm. it's not mm-hmm. weekly. You know how PTs are like, uh, always weekly, right? Yeah. Generally, unless it's fortnightly. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like you're more likely to remember and you have less, mm. you've got patients, but we have clients, yeah. less clients as a PT. Would you not that? Would you not say? I reckon you guys would have more. Really? But mm. we see them weekly, though, so we mm. can't, you know, like you could fit more, I suppose. Yeah, you know what I mean? Load. So mm. it would be, yeah, yeah. But I do, like, I am, well, I don't PT at the moment, but I would be like, which knee is it again? <gasps> the right one? Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your right knee is looking great. <laughs> yeah. Or... Uh, 
what's this person into again? Just yeah, no, sorry. I'm just sharing. I just had this really awkward <laughs> Not really, situation just every week. No, but like I had this awkward situation where I was I'd trained someone, and I think it might have been the third or fourth time that I trained them, and I confused them with someone else, and so I was asked them about something. But you had you been three weeks into the job? Uh, all ish, yeah. Like yeah. that's so really it's, hard because so when a you lot first start, it's heaps of people mm. that you like mm. meet for the first time. Mm. Like I remember being like, you know, are you are you the nurse? Oh no, no you're mm. the nurse. You know what I mean? Mm. Like yeah, yeah, true. Okay. That's hard when you first start. That that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, <laughs> can I just clarify? Don't forget my clients. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> doesn't just forget her clients. <laughs> no, patients. I've had so many now. But but if you've <laughs> so seen like if you've seen someone for two sessions ten years ago, mm. you might not necessarily yes. remember them out of context. Don't worry. Anyway, that's not Don't what worry. this podcast Don't is worry. about. <laughs> We're not testing your memory. No, but I actually, my my question is um, sort of like on average, how, how many sessions do people do? Or is that a really tricky question to answer? Yeah, I think it can d- just depends yep. how many hours you're working. So um, my week might range from 20 to 30. Mm-hmm. And a busy, like before, mm-hmm. I've kind of reduced my hours a bit recently, but before it might have been 40. Like, But that's a lot. I feel like that's a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of people. It's yeah. a lot of people to look after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. and you mentioned also that um, uh, sort of before the podcast that you had worked in Bali as well. Mm-hmm. So that's quite cool. That's yeah. quite cool to have kind of done this in Bali. Mm. What were the big differences working in New Zealand versus Bali in, in psychology? Um, so no boundaries in oh. Bali at all. So there's no, like, psychologist board. There's no nothing like that at all. Um and then in Bali, it's mainly, um, as mental health, but like addiction. So there's, I think when I was there, there was 10 alcohol, drug and alcohol retreats across the island. Mm-hmm. So I would consult to them. So it's mainly based around kind of intensive retreats, um, which they do have here, but it's not, you know, not the same at all. Mm-hmm. But going over there, there's no requirement for notes. There's no requirement for sort of professional boundaries. So you have to kind of hold that, you know, quite strongly mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, interesting. And then as well, like, working with expats, but then also I did some work with, like, local populations and prison populations and stuff over there as well. So. Wow. Mm, interesting. Really yeah. interesting. Yeah. What's been your sort of most enjoyable um, area to work in or sort of group of people? Or what's been the most challenging? Oh, so loved working with, um, I used to have a contract with the New Zealand Defence Force. When I was in Auckland, um, Air Force. I loved working with the Air Force. Because um, wow. why is that? <laughs> most of them are like perfectionists, and they all do their homework. <laughs> Does she do her homework <laughs> sometimes? <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Depends on you'll get, you'll be outed. <laughs> no, but you'd get these like. <laughs> <laughs> I love this <laughs> so much. Carry on. <laughs> You're gonna be like, like, where's the confidentiality? <laughs> I mean, she's she she's bought you on, so you know I'm an oversharer. Yeah, we know that. Um, but with them, we would get like six sessions, so it would be like you know short term. You kind of are like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. They would go and do their homework. You would see significant change. Probably kind of had to as well because they're being sent to you, and then yeah, you, know, you have to write yeah. a report back. But so that was quite nice. Like as a and as a baby psychologist, kind of having cases like that. 
alcohol and drug addiction is probably definitely the most tricky because mm. relapse rates are so high um, that you do all this intensive work and then they get on the plane and they're like, whoops, the relapse. You're like, oh, no. Really? Yeah. You know, like we've just yeah. done three months of like six sessions a week or something and then you hear that and you're like, oh, that's a bit of a shame. Here we go again, yeah. That mm. has to be the toughest mm. when you're when you're dealing with, you know, like a, like for your brain, like an addiction like that mm. that can so quickly switch things. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Yeah. Prison, I did um, a stint in the Auckland prison as well in the child sex, def- sex offender unit. That was like a difficult population to work with, mm-hmm. um, like in prison and trying mm-hmm. to do work with people in there. So, yeah. Do you mind me asking, so um, because you've got three children mm-hmm. and the work that you did in the prison with child sex offenders, mm-hmm. was that before you had kids or after? It's when I had a two-year-old, so I chose that placement. Because I thought um, if I could do that placement, that I could do kind of anything in mental health. Mm -hmm. And actually working in that placement was probably one of the most, I don't know if it like not rewarding, but I learned so much about that population and about how childhood impacts, you know, kind of a lot of things um, and how people end up where they are. So... It was, it was actually, like, it wasn't about me having a child at home and working with this population. Mm. I learned just so much more than that from it. At does any... Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. It kind of shows that um, you have good boundaries. Yeah. Like, within yourself, I mean, you know, like, that you can remove your, your personal life when you're yeah. speaking with somebody, and that's, I, I bet that would be so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Because at any point, was it challenging to empathise, given that you're a parent? Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And you take that to supervision. Like, you know, you have mm. a supervisor that's looking over everything that you do and how you're feeling and all of that. But more it was that I felt so much empathy for what they had been through and how they had ended up in that situation mm. and doing what they had done. Mm. I mean, it doesn't take away from, you know, what they had done, but just getting much more of an understanding. It was weird. I was like, I can't believe that this is the way I'm feeling about this, you know, Mm. but it was. I have heard that offenders, very, very high percentage have uh, victims. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just just a cycle. So in that way, it's just being... What do you do, though, to... Mm, that's probably quite a big question, but I was like, what do you do to break that cycle? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, hopefully some of the, the group programs that, I mean, this was back when, um, in 2013, I think, they did have really cool group programs and then they were doing individual therapy and stuff as well. So, mm. you know, hopefully those were helping, were working. Mm. And I yeah. asked you before, is sort of in the time that you were um, studying to be a psychologist and then working as a psychologist, like at any point were you kind of like, I don't know if this is for me? <laughs> yeah, and I think I said, yeah, multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> I think especially when it's like you're juggling the study, that like seeing clients and then um, like you've got your PhD going on in the background and, you know, life as well. Um, just when it got quite tough or like overwhelming or you had a client that you're like, I don't know what I'm doing here or something mm. like that, it'd be like, oh, my God. But I think that that's probably quite normal in any sort of career or yeah. situation, you know, that you're just like, what am I doing? Is this actually is this what I should be doing? Mm. I think any challenging career would give you that, 
those thoughts, you know? Mm. You know what I mean? Like you would just, if it's if it's a challenging spot, well, if, it, if you're making a big difference, it probably is challenging. Mm. There's a wild statement that I'll just put out there. No, I like it. <laughs> I like it. And I guess there's maybe a little bit of, is there a little bit of kind of like imposter syndrome in there as well? You know, where, <laughs> especially when you're in, when you're in kind of a role where you're helping someone with their mental health. And like that, what you described is sort of where you feel like you're not really getting anywhere or you don't quite know sort of how to help, that there would be some self-doubt in that as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. What is your advice for someone who is experiencing imposter syndrome? Like how did you get over that as a psychologist and what would your advice be tends to happen more with women? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's such a thing. So I, t- I took it to supervision and, like, in my role, my supervisor was like, you are the expert in the therapies that you're trained in and, you know, like, all the techniques and stuff and she was like, and your client is the expert in their life. Like, you mm. can't, you know, you can't be the expert in their life because you don't know. So when you come together, you collaborate on, well, how could I kind of help with this? You know, I'll listen and I'll, you know, maybe you could try this out for this sort of thing. Mm. And she was like, another really good piece of advice she, she gave me was, you can't fix it all. It's not your role to fix, you know, just as a therapist. Like, you're there to kind of, like, validate and help provide support, but you're not there to fix. And I was like, yeah, okay. And so she just reminds me that every month. <laughs> yeah, because how hard is that to let go of? Because that, that would be a part mm. of what attracts you to want to do this career, right, mm-hmm. is to help people. Mm-hmm. So how hard is it to let that go when you don't feel like there's progress being made? Yeah, hard. Mm. And that's when I take it, yeah, I'll take it, discuss it. Or even, like, what can be really helpful is actually bringing it to the session and being like, hey, I'm feeling this way, like, how are you feeling, mm. you know? Mm. Um, and sometimes the client will be like, oh, God, I thought we were doing great. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. <laughs> never mind. Do you sing when you're awkward in your sessions? Or just say, no, I'm a terrible singer. <laughs> I'm not good either. Does your therapist know that you're awkward? <laughs> when you're actually like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm just I don't think I have yeah. sung with her yet, but I do sing a lot in this, in this podcast, don't I? Yeah. I'm like, anyways, move on from that. Sorry, real loud, eh, Nico? <laughs> Imposter syndrome is a tough one, though. Uh-huh. Like, getting, like, how are you feeling in your new job? <laughs> yeah, real good. I am on top of the world. <laughs> I am thriving. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I definitely have imposter syndrome. Every time I send an email, I'm like, do I know what I'm doing? Is this factual? No, but it is, um, I, I, my job is getting better, but this is not about me. <laughs> okay. <Is it> now? <laughs> <laughs> you want to turn home, like, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but, like, I think it's normal to, to have imposter syndrome um, to a certain extent, but I'm sure some more than others. Would you mm-hmm. say you definitely get it more than others, Jess? <laughs> Would you? Sorry. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I, um, <laughs> yes, I think, I think potentially I do. Um, I wonder if imposter syndrome kind of 
happens a little bit more when you're sort of newer into, mm. you know, your profession yeah. or, you know. So um, given that I've changed a lot, I've probably experienced it a bit more, you know. Well, I tend to get it as well, and I think Shani does as well. That's my um, best friend that we've had on the on the mm-hmm. podcast before, is when, when like, I, I succeed at something and then I'm like, they must have the name mm-hmm. wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And then somebody will be like, Dorsal syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, like if I succeed at something, then I'll be like, um, I'll just wait for the um, the email to be like, sorry, wrong, wrong number, (laughs) wrong email. (laughs) Bye. So you're bracing yourself to be found out. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Well, did you not want me to share? Because you're like, it's on you now. <laughs> and then I share and you're like, your response is, ay, ay, ay. Oh, boy, we've got some work to do here. Jeez, the last time I share on this podcast. <laughs> well, no tips and tricks for imposter syndrome. Like, what do you, what do, you do? I think just um, normalising that, like you were saying, that we all experience it to some degree, you know, like earlier on in our career, I still experience it like this far into my career as well and just being like, okay, we all we all get it, you know. Um, so I think like, yeah, normalising in the first instance and then just like, yeah, reminding yourself that like actually I know, you know, I know things I'm or I'm okay or I can ask if I don't. Mm. Like Back yourself. rather than, yeah. yeah, feeling like, oh, I'm going to be found out. There's this kind of like impending sense of doom. Mm. Like, yeah, just exactly backing yourself. I think it's quite nice to know that you get it too mm. for me and the listeners. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. all the time. Because, <laughs> well, because um, the perception too is that I think, you know, with, with psychologists, you think, well, they're, you know, sort of in, they're an expert in mental health and they're an expert in their own mental health, so they, they must never struggle with anything around that. They must that. be perfect. They must be perfect. <laughs> you know, like, so it's quite good, it's refreshing to hear that actually that's not, no. that's not the case. No, definitely not. My life's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love you already. <laughs> Um, So tell me, uh, we have chatted a bit on the podcast, Nat and I, just about, so we've said that we're big fans of therapy, Mm. the two of us. Mm -hmm. For me, I've had a few experiences with it, and for Nat, you're more new to it, but loving it already. Since, I think, when did I start? November, maybe? November? Maybe, yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Uh, what we have acknowledged, though, on this podcast is that we are in a privileged position where we mm. can um, access that um, type of therapy. Mm. What we wanted to kind of, as I suppose part of the reason of getting you on today as well, is to have a chat about uh, what are our options in New Zealand and what do you do if you have recognised that maybe you're not feeling so great and not sure what step to take first? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's not a lot of options in New Zealand, unfortunately. I mean, there is. Um, but I would say that if you are not feeling great, going probably like to the GP in the first instance, if you feel comfortable you know, with your GP. 
I actually, in like preparation for this, um, contacted a GP friend of mine and was like, what have we got? Like, what free resources oh, have cool. we got? And he said it's a bit all over the show, but there should be, in most cases, if you ask your GP for a six, it's like a six-session brief intervention program. So it's with counsellors, but it's free. Mm -hmm. I think oh, wow. you can probably only access it once. And it also seems a bit variable, like, what um, medical centres have got the funding for it. Right. Um, but I would just be like, go and ask. <coughs> just be yeah. like, can I get, you know, can mm. I get the um, brief intervention programme? Even if it's just, like, a holding, you know, kind of position until you can, I don't know, get further help or something like that. But that's, like, one thing. Um, otherwise, it's, like, really, really difficult yeah, mm. like there is not, um, like over in Australia with Medicare, you get, I think it's 10 group sessions and 10 individual sessions with a psychologist funded every I year. Love what, that. everybody? Yeah. Everyone? Yeah. Everybody. From from what I'm aware of, yeah. Wow. So that, that, and that's Australian though. <laughs> <laughs> just doing a gargle over there. Just on my water. <laughs> I'm just trying to put you at ease again. No, I know it's great. The weird one to put you at ease. <laughs> no purpose, but my body's doing <laughs> um, That's, yeah. as, as I was saying, yeah. wow, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually. Now I'm not. <laughs> Everybody swallow. <laughs> um, do you know what I love about that? The group therapy aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. I like I did group therapy for, for postnatal depression. Mm. Such a fun time. Such a good time. Was uh, actually? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, being sorry. Yeah, this is like, random. Oh, Are you sure this is right? It doesn't sound No, honestly. <laughs> honestly, so fun. Really fun is the right word for it? Yeah, group therapy. Like, think about mums. <laughs> think about this situation. Okay. So when you become a mum, you've got, like, plunkage, right? Mm. Yeah. So let's get all these new mothers together and mm. make them compete about who's nailed motherhood first. Is that what it who's, feels like? Yeah, who's yeah. kids sleeping okay. through the night? See, that's what I was questioning. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But, but the postnatal, the group therapy for postnatal depression is completely the opposite. It's a group of women where you get together and you basically go, oh, I hate this. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what I really hate about yes. being a mum, and it's so refreshing, mm. and it's wow, so like it. like laughing, and <laughs> so I think group therapy is cool. Yeah. I love well, you've that. had a really good experience. I've That's had a good. great experience, but like mm. ten sessions, Australia. individual yeah. therapy yeah. and group. Yeah. It's what we need in New Zealand because oh my God, otherwise, geez. like, I mean, there's some online programs and stuff, you know, and then there's, like, you know, texting 1737 and, like, um, some of the youth lines and that. But I'm not aware of otherwise how to access, like, mental health mm. professionals unless yeah. it's private, which mm. is insanely expensive. Expensive, mm. yeah. Mm. Sometimes um, workplaces have got that availability, yeah. don't they? Mm -hmm. But obviously... Yeah, they like have through to. EAP. Yeah. And then there is, like, the um, Te Whatu Ora, which you had to get referred to. But when I was working up in, and this was years ago in Auckland, it was, like, top 3% of severity. So mm. you had to be, like, right. really, really severe to oh. kind of get the... Um, to get the services. <coughs> what... So what, what needs to happen in New Zealand for there to be... A shift with, in that. your opinion, obviously yeah. you don't yeah, need to yeah, solve yeah. this. No, no, no. But like, is it is it is it just there's a lack of funding for this? Mm -hmm. Is it that it's not seen as a priority? You know, like, is Australia just 
you know, kind of they've just decided they've got the cash for it and they're going to invest in that? Like, I think, one, definitely lack of funding. So if we were able to put more funding into mental health resources or initiatives or the Tefatu orders, like the DHBs, you could employ more psychologists, social workers, yeah. whatever it might be, right? Mm-hmm. So that would be one. And then I think just the structure, actually, of, like, the mental health system in New Zealand. So mm. if you... Kind of look at Australia or the UK, they've got this amazing structure. It's like a stepped care structure. So say if you've got mild to moderate anxiety or depression, you wouldn't be prescribed medication straight away. You would be given like a self-help program um, that you'd work through. Mm. Hopefully, symptoms would get better. And if they don't, then you get stepped up to the next level, which might be supported self-help. Um, after that, if um, if that doesn't work, then it might be a psychologist and then it might be medication. So, uh, you so kind of what's step. the self-help? What is, is, so is this like an online thing? or It could be online or there's like books and they're all based on like evidence-based therapies um, like CBT or there's other ones based on ACT and you just kind of work through it or work through the wow. worksheets and it's all like psychoeducation and skills-based. Um, super cool. helpful and super doable if you have got mild to moderate problems, you yeah. know, because you can yeah. still concentrate and you can, you know, be motivated enough to do it yeah, once yeah. if you've got more severe difficulties it's harder you know yeah. it's a, it's yeah, a lot harder to do something yeah. like that but that system like that what that mental health system has been hugely hugely successful in the UK that's kind of why Australia has um, followed suit as well um, and just unfortunately we're not quite there yet. it was proposed as a like in a policy and I can't remember what year it was maybe 2017 but it just nothing's kind of come about so it's a shame mm. So there's been a lot of chat about, um, you know, sort of that that lack of um, access to services. But is it is it there aren't enough psychologists, there aren't enough counsellors, or all of the above? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think yeah, yeah. Um, and I think also, even if you look at like the training for say psychologists, only kind of six to ten and per university will be accepted each year as well. So if we don't have, you know, enough going is through that based on that's how many spots we have, or is that based on if you get over, say, ninety percent you get in? I don't even know why there's this limited number, it, but it yeah, it's really based on G- GPA and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you know, if we're not training enough and they're not paying enough and they're not, yeah. then we don't have enough. Because like, um, for me to see my psychologist, I think I had to wait. I can't remember how long, but I had to wait a few months. Mm. You know, which mm-hmm. it, like is not that long really. But at the time, I was like, "There's oh no, yes. I started in January because I think I yeah, I started in January because I contacted her maybe three months." Before, mm. yeah, and same for Shani. I think she had the same. I think she had to wait even longer. Mm. Yeah, so it's a long time. Yeah, mm. it is, especially when you're like, I need it now. Yeah, and you've actually <laughs> decided to reach out yeah. and be like, okay, I'm going to do this. Then to be like, you can wait three months or so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I wonder how many people end up cancelling it. Mm, I think a lot do. Yeah, and that's what I mean. And it's then that experience might then prevent them from reaching out again in the future. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Because so. I remember last time I had to wait and then didn't happen. So yeah. what's the point now? And it just reinforces if someone is like really depressed and feeling like no one cares, I'm all by yeah. myself. It just kind of reinforces that Doesn't as well. Help. So the narrative, yeah. No. Mm. So seeing a GP, yeah, definitely first step. Yeah, just reaching out, asking for help, definitely. And it just seems to be that GP is like first point of call. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 
if if you can afford, you know, private, just kind of like you can Google like, you know, psychologists in whatever area that you're in and say, for example, there's a um, professional membership called the New Zealand um, College of Clinical Psychologists. You can look up, you know, psychologists in the area or any mm-hmm. of those sort of psychologists. But, yeah, private is expensive. Mm. It As is. As you both know. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a real... Worth real every cent. Yeah. It I'd is totally worth it. But, yeah. um, but it's, not, it's not realistic for mm. a lot of New Zealanders. Mm. Um, do you think there will be a change with this um, that situation with university where it's, mm. you know, kind of the intake is between six to ten people per year? Mm. Do you ever see that that's going to increase to reflect the need for professionals in this country? You'd hope so, right? Yeah. You'd definitely hope kinda so. kind of seems like a no-brainer because mm-hmm. so many great people don't get mm. in because it's mm. so limited. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially with like mental health rates, like um, medication rates increasing, everything, you would really, really hope so. Mm. If um, So that's if you are struggling with your own mental health and you've recognised that you mm. are. What about if you have someone in your life that you see is struggling? Mm. What is um, sort of the best approach to support them? Mm-hmm. Do you have a really honest conversation and say, I've kind of noticed things mm. have changed or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just like reaching out and being like, yeah, like you said, like I've noticed things have changed, like do you want to chat, you know, mm-hmm. just being like I'm here to listen. Mm-hmm. How can I help, you know. Um, depending on what they're presenting with, like there can be su- support available for support people, you know, um, as well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think just like saying like what's – if. You know, if you're feeling down and you think someone reaches out to you and be like, hey, I've noticed this, like a friend says that, you know, like what's go- what's going on? Do you want to chat about it? You're just going to, well, you know, hopefully be like, oh, okay, look, you know, someone cares. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then just having someone there to kind of listen and, you know. I mean, I get lots of like emails from partners or, you know, family members in that as well mm. about like, you know, my my partner's struggling with this, like, are you able to help? Like, hey, yeah, cool. Yeah. That's cool. Because mm. I, I wonder how many people don't approach mm. that because of the stigma around it. Mm-hmm. And also um, that feeling of I don't know what to say, I don't want to say the wrong thing, mm. I don't know how to fix it. Mm. You know, I've got, my mum's incredible, mm. you know, I've talked about my mum in therapy, but my, you know, my my mum's incredible, very practical. Mm-hmm. So we're completely opposite, right? So she'll be fixing the fridge and, you know, <laughs> um, I'm, I don't know where to start. And um, Jess will not be fixing the I fridge. I will not be fixing <laughs> anything. But the emotional space, I'm, I'm quite comfortable in, right? Mm. And she's not. And we've had conversations over the years of sort of like, you know, I've been struggling with my mental health and she'll kind of change the subject. And when I have asked her about it, she says, I don't know what to say. Mm. I don't want to say the wrong thing. So if Mm. someone is listening and they're concerned about someone in their life, but that's how they feel. Mm. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't really know what to say. I don't know how to fix it. What would be your kind of... um, advice or sort of like um, examples of, you Mm -hmm. know? First of all, I would say to that person, um, you don't need to fix it. 
you know, it's not up to you to fix it at all and that you could not say the wrong thing. Yeah. And just as like an extreme example that's kind of coming to mind is that a lot of people worry that if someone is suicidal, right, that asking about suicidal, uh, suicide might push them towards it. It does not. It's actually the opposite. So if you think that someone or you're scared that someone is at risk and you're like, are you suicidal? That's actually going to be more helpful for that person than not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So quite an extreme example, but can never say the wrong thing, mm. you know? Even if you're feeling really awkward, just being like, I've noticed a change. You know, do you need some help? Whatever. But, like, addressing it, right? Because this mm. is a thing as I feel like we need to reduce the stigma. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, if you're walking around with a cast on your arm and, you know, we need to take time off for work for that, like, that's fine, right? That's broken, you let it heal, you can yeah. see it. But, you know, it seems to be this thing around mental health because we can't see it. And it's like, well, why is that the case? It shouldn't be, you know. So the more that we ask, the more that we address it, the more that we talk about it, Mm. you know. Reducing the stigma and Mm. then it just, it loses its Mm. sting in that way. That's why we talk about it so much. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a history of, you know, people finding it embarrassing Mm -hmm. if it's in their families or just kind of putting it down to this person just being plain crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, can't be helped, just Mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think... I think it's talked a lot more now than it used to be, and yeah. we try and keep on doing it. Mm. Like, I think every episode we mention that we have a therapist or something, you know, mm. at mm. least we're like, yeah, mm. it's great. just came back from my therapist, had a big cry or something. <laughs> what was it that you, were you talking about when you were talk to, talked about your um, therapist? What was it? <laughs> You're oversharing and something else. What was it? I can't remember. <laughs> that having had a therapy session kind of primes me for... Oh, for belief, oversharing that for day. Over, for oversharing that's that right. day. That day. So I do, I do a very, very enjoyable hour with Amy. Um, <laughs> always enjoyable. Yeah, always enjoyable. Um, always leave there going, yeah, I feel lighter. Um, oh, you know, that's cool. I, one, one session, I must say, it was it was heavy and I was like, whoa. Anyway, um, but... but, but that's, that's part of it. That's part of it. That's part yeah. of it. But mostly I leave there going, wow, you know, like I feel lighter. I feel like I understand things better. Um, and then I go out into the world, Nico, and then I just assume that everyone's <laughs> in that are space. are you telling Nico this? <laughs> just looking for backup. <laughs> he's, he's got your back. He's yeah. got your back. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Like you're just like out there and you're like. Well, you feel like your protective blanket is off. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm just, I'm exposed. We're all naked together. Um, <laughs> I was... Don't visualise that. ...going somewhere <laughs> with that. Reducing stigma. Reducing <laughs> naked together. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I was going to say is that, um, so I was saying to you, we've been doing this about two and a half years, right? Yeah. And initially this podcast came very much from a place of, uh, you know, fitness-related stuff because mm. that's our scope of practice. Mm. So we wanted it to be very much. There are a lot, there are a lot of myths um, in fitness and for women particularly, how, how should you train your body, how should you feel about your body, and that's kind of where the podcast started. What has happened over two and a half years 
is a lot more sharing, I guess, about what we struggle with. <laughs> so it's less of this sort of like, so this is, you know, this is our scope of practice. We're fitness. Let us educate you on that. You know, I remember like our third podcast was like on strength training. It was training. so boring. It was so dry. <laughs> We're like, so never boring. again. Never again. <laughs> strength training. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, great. Do it. Definitely do it. But don't talk about it for right now. Right? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> We were boring ourselves. I never want to hear that podcast again. Um, so and so, what's been interesting is that just sharing and actually gaining more confidence. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you know, like I, I had massive shame around having anorexia, mm-hmm. and I spoke about it on the podcast. And that's the biggest kind of lift mm-hmm. is that I can, I can quite openly talk about it now, and I haven't had that for many years. So it probably shows how important it is to talk about. It. You don't have to talk about it on a public forum like mm-hmm. this, but talk about it with your mm. friends and family, like it is, actually it does definitely make you feel so much lighter than mm. if you keep a secret f- your whole life, mm. you know, and you think that you're just the complete odd one out when really you're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because mm. mm-hmm. that, that experience <clears throat> of shame, that's heavy, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So not only are you struggling with um, sort of, say, feeling depressed or having mm. anxiety or whatever, Keeping it to yourself and feeling embarrassed mm. about it just makes it so much worse, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it does. That's, I mean, that's the tough stuff. And if you cannot afford to go privately and see a psychologist, mm. um, the GP sounds like a great option. But talking to your friends more open. And then that also offers an opportunity for your friends or your family to feel like that's also a space mm. where they can be vulnerable mm-hmm. as well. So, Yeah. I don't really know what else to say about yeah. that. Just asking for help, you know, like actually being like, hey, I'm struggling. Mm. Um, and also like some psychologists will do um, sliding scales. They probably won't promote it, but, you know, um, it can be worth like flicking an email through to, you oh, know, okay. just being like, is this something that you that you yeah. offer as well? Yeah. Like a lot are willing Wait, to do what's that. So that. what, a sliding scale? Yeah, so it what's might be that? like that this is my rate, but hey, I have, you know, oh. the ability to kind of um, do sessions at cheaper rates for people that might not be able to afford oh, it. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. Or like, yeah. hey, I'll do five or six sessions at, you at, know, this, at rate. this rate. Yeah, it's yeah. It's worth asking, like, you know. Yeah, you've got nothing to lose. If they can't, you need to say no. They say no, but if they, mm. if they can, you know. Yeah. A lot of people are willing to want to help, you know. I guess you get into it in the first place to help, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Amy, what do you do to look after your well-being and your mental Ooh, health? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. Um, no, you guys nodding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, like I've mentioned before, I have an amazing supervisor. So we're required to um, see a supervisor, like a senior psychologist, um, and she's awesome. I've seen her. She was like my supervisor for my research and she's at mid-70s and she Aww. just is, she's in Auckland, but she's great. Um, so see her. And then um, I also run. That's like a big thing for me. Oh, like cool. a, Yeah, a big hey, thing. Hey, fitness. There yeah. we go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> for this podcast. But she really runs. Like, really run. Like, like, I don't pretend. Like, I mean, sometimes I <laughs> No, but like. What do you mean? Like, really like big distances. <laughs> okay. Let, let's elaborate on that. I run big. <laughs> she, she enjoys. I like to run on the, run in the hills and then like trails and, you know, just kind of get out Have into nature. Have you done nature. a marathon? I have done an off-road marathon. I have not done a road one. Well, off-road sounds more awful <laughs> than an on-road one. <laughs> <laughs> 
are interesting. <laughs> it sounds it sounds hardcore. Enjoys entering 50k races. Okay, so you, wait, 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 when I said marathon, you're like, yeah. No, 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 because that's my goal. That's so my wait, goal. so, oh, so yeah. you've entered yeah. a 50k. When yeah. is that? Um, I'd entered one in February, but then um, I had an injury that stopped me from doing that. What's the um, injury? Oh, I'm just really interested. <laughs> I, um, I, fell, I fell off a kid's scooter. Oh, no. So not running related? No. No. Oh, no. no. But anyway. Uh, no, no, no. We need to hear <laughs> more about that. Why are you about Have you heard our podcast? We have much more embarrassing things that we share. And you just fell off a scooter. Yeah, I gave myself a brain injury. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> a and a concussion. Yeah, Wait, my, my brain. What do you mean? A brain injury and yeah, my, a concussion? Yeah, Isn't the concussion like the brain in- mm. What? You can have a concussion. <laughs> Wait, what? Your brain was bleeding? Yeah. Inside? Yeah. <gasps> Did you know like, about this? Yeah, I had to reschedule my appointment. <laughs> oh, no. Oh Stupid my goodness! <laughs> so wait, so you did, so you got like a CT scan? I'm yep. trying to throw some words yep. out there. Yeah, I did okay. get a CT scan and it showed a subdural hematoma. <gasps> yeah, was, and yeah, now what? Is that bad? It was, yeah, but it was all fine. Uh, I had two black eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Go <to> work. <laughs> what? You had two black eyes? Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I saw the black eyes oh. a few weeks afterwards. I was like, oh, what have you done? <laughs> anyway, so I couldn't do the 50k race then. No, hold on, just, not. just a second. A second. <laughs> Just to elaborate, elaborate. did this while trying to do a trick on a scooter? Uh, Sometimes. You're a cool mum. You're a cool mum. I wasn't wearing a helmet, not that cool. (gasps) Oh, no. It's one of those moments that was like so many lessons learned, you know, so many. I had to, oh, yeah. Walk you? around with two black eyes and be like, yeah, oh, no, that's, no, not, that's, that's not awful. Violence. Were you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Were you in a lot of pain? Uh, I think I was more embarrassed. <laughs> okay, so more no, your ego. Kind was of like pain. I fell, I scratched, and I was like, oh, that, you know, that hurt. And then I woke up the next day and was like, one black eye, and then the next day, another black <gasps> eye. And I was like, oh, I better go get this checked out. But yeah, no, concussion is awful. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. Um, the experience of it was really. How like, long did it take to recover? Three months. Yeah. It was three months for me, and the concussion clinic said that that was probably one of the qu- quickest like yeah. recoveries they've seen. They were really impressed with that. So I was like, I feel for people that have had So did you work in those three months? I did. I took two weeks off. Um, I had to reduce my clients Yeah. because I couldn't. I just couldn't. Yeah, no. Couldn't hold it all, but um, yeah, yeah concussions are experience. awful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so not this time, not the 50K. Didn't do that. <laughs> Didn't do 50K. So nice. So I've got but when one. is it? Um, I've got one in February and one in March. What? And just thinking what? about one at the end of this year. What do you mean one in February and then one in March? It's four weeks apart. Mm, You've got yeah. 100Ks within a, in a month. That's the plan. Yeah. But Jeez, we'll see. We'll see. Louise. Athlete. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> she and she runs for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not like that our helps. 5K. <laughs> I know. 6K while I'm chatting to Holly, Anna. Aww. Just just chilling. Did she go in the... No, it was raining. Did you go in the weekend? No. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Anyway, so um, running... Helps me with my mental health. Yeah. So, seeing That's the right. supervisor. <laughs> That's we yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, so basically, um, therapy for a therapist. Mm-hmm. 
running. So we've mm-hmm. got um, your choice of exercise Movement. that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you do? Connection, so social connection, friends or family. That's always just helpful for my mental mm. health anyway. Um, and then what else? Wine with friends. It's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> always helpful too. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that, like, if you, say, if you're experiencing anxiety or depression, that I would say in the first instance, it's, like, called behavioural activation, where you do um, things that you enjoy, like you get a sense of pleasure from, things that give you a sense of achievement, like, I do well at this, and then, like, social connection, you know? Like, they're just things that we sh- If I'm telling people to do, yeah, yeah, like, do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Cool, that's cool. Social connection is tough, though, when you're going through a tough time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's the one that I pull back from if mm. I'm going through a tough time. You hibernate. I, I hibernate. But it's always I always feel so much better for being with people like yourself, you know, like yeah, non-judgmental. You have to the right people. Yeah, 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 yeah. And actually, I think that's probably the most helpful thing, isn't it, is actually identifying who in your life you never feel judged by. Mm. You never feel like you have to kind of be on for mm-hmm. um, those really high trust relationships. They're, they're the helpful ones. Mm-hmm. So they're the big kind of four for you. Mm. Running, yeah. supervisor, friends and family, wine with friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that those are separate. <laughs> yeah. We're like kind of like the same. <laughs> yeah. But just with wine. Yeah. <laughs> Has it taken you a number of years to kind of identify that they're really important or it's something you've always kind of had in your toolbox? Um, no, I probably, I definitely think that it's progressed, right? Like you get, you know, one of the things in your training is, You've got to have good boundaries. You've got to have good self-care because if you can't look after yourself, you're not going to be able to look after anyone else. Mm. Yeah. But I think that when you start off, you you kind of know this, but you really don't take it on board. And mm. then the more that you progress, then you're like, oh, no, i got to put this. Mm. I've got to put this it. stuff in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Sometimes, like, even random things, like if I've had a really big day and um, if I need to, I don't know, look after the kids or do something and I need to separate my work day from that, like I might go and have a shower just to kind of, or like yeah, you know, go for a surf or something just to kind of like, yeah. So you there'll be surf other little as well? things. Yeah, I try to. She's cool, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Surfer girl, athlete. You try. I like you to say you try to. You're like, please to. don't think I'm good because <laughs> you're saying imposter syndrome, like wiping out. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> She, she, oh, okay, she, she's in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a concussion? <laughs> What's your head? <laughs> Do you know what, though? I've had a concussion before and um, quite bad as well. It took me maybe two or three months to recover. And I feel like I'm more prone to them now because whenever, oh. if I get my head hit by anything, yeah. like a volleyball then oh. is that how you got <laughs> yeah. the concussion no no no. the first one no no the original I was <laughs> you weren't there so you can't I know but laugh. this story is so good <laughs> um I was it was this is a boring story but it was raining and I was running 
This is not the volleyball story, by the way. Oh, it's fine. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> why are you laughing so hard about it? you getting concussed is hilarious. Uh, why? That was I awful. I literally energy. split my head open. Sorry, I'll is think that of funny? Some, I'll think of something serious. <laughs> Keep telling the story. Um, no, I was just running, and then there was a window open on like this walkway. <laughs> I do need some time out. Oh, and then walked, like, ran into the corner of the window and oh. completely split my head open. Oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> yeah, because I'm so sure. But the um, the design of the house it sounds is awful. so shit. Yeah, meanwhile, this girl, <laughs> thank God you're not the therapist here. <laughs> can you imagine if you're cracking up at your patient? You would can, lose it. Like oh is not funny. No, no. it's not. And Have you, you know even what? had one? No, I haven't. And touch wood, because karma is coming for me <laughs> on, this, on this particular topic. Anyway. Yeah, um, but, but I do feel like I'm more prone to them mm, now, because whenever mm. they get... I hit my head. <laughs> yeah, get out. No, Go. I, I have heard of that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you hit my head, I have a headache for like twenty-four back, hours. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, but like, do you want to share what you're laughing no, about? No, but just like we we played beach volleyball for a little while before I hurt my hip, right? And I don't know what it was with her head, but the balls were so Magnet. attracted to it. My head was a magnet. Like, not even the ball from the, our own court. It would be other the balls court, from other. the other courts. <laughs> and it, it just, yeah, Yeah, sorry. kind of like, I've had a head injury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, <laughs> come please on. hit my head. Yeah. It's all Why does that happen? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they are, yeah, concussions are shit. Yeah. They're so mm-hmm. shit. Sorry. Oh, no, shit is all right. Yeah, good, good, good. Thank you. <laughs> I forget what's allowed and what's not. Like, are you allowed to swear? <laughs> Have you asked? Did you ask that beforehand? No, I thought it. Uh, and then I was like, don't ask that. Well, it's just because we're on the road. But you can. I'm sure you've. Do I normally get beeped out? I get. I have heard myself being beeped out. Three, three. Wow, you counted. <laughs> counting how much work he's going to do after we finish recording. <laughs> oh, no, not today. today. Yeah, yeah, not today. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we did get moved though. We were at um, we were at a time where children could hear us, and we on had the way been to moved. School. Did you yeah. get shifted? We got, we got shifted, yeah. and we got told after the fact as yeah. well. <laughs> this is now we're on at eleven. Yeah, 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 eleven. Oh yeah, we've got five minutes left. Not something I need to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't we talk about this last week? Did I mention it last week? I think Did I, I mentioned it last week and you were like, you um, don't need to share that. Is there any other questions you've got for Amy? Um, I mean, so many questions, but we've only got yeah. five minutes left. So um, I think it's just really interesting to hear from yourself, a psychologist, who many people would assume absolutely has their life nailed and has no issues yeah. and has no challenges and all of that that that's not the case, that, you know, you have to invest in your well-being like mm-hmm. everyone does. Mm-hmm. So I think so I think that's really helpful as well. In that way, I think that really reduces the stigma for anyone who is struggling at the moment because if someone who has specialised in this and still has to manage it, then that's going to be true for everyone. So that's really cool. Um, I think it's... <sighs> It's concerning how Mm. hard it is to access support in this country Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it would be amazing if there was progress Mm -hmm. on that. Um, uh, What I was going to say is sort of the, I remember Mike King talking Mm. about it, right? 
Mm-hmm. He has the Gumboot mm-hmm. Friday. And that that's a charity. Mm-hmm. So they raise money to mm-hmm. pay therapists to and support. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, why why mm. do we need a charity to support mm-hmm. the mental health of young people in this country? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's, that's a bit sad. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave on that note, though. <laughs> I was just going to say that if somebody has thought about seeing a mm. therapist and if they do have the means for it, I hope this podcast has showed them that, you know, you're not scary. Like you're, oh, yeah. you are, you know, you are like normal people, and you're cool, and you're a surfer gal, and <laughs> you know, you do funny things like tricks on a <laughs> on a scooter. Like, because I think part of it as well is that it is scary, and you you, mm. you kind of feel like you're because you're opening up to somebody and. And you don't want to be judged. And I remember when I first, when I was about to go see my therapist, I asked Jess, like, how does he go? Like, what if it's awkward Mm. and there's awkward silence? And Jess was like, no, 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 it's not on you to, you know, Mm. she'll ask questions and, you know, it will just kind of flow from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that will be helpful either way. And maybe you want to come back at some point and we can chat some more. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And also if anyone wants to, like, ask questions or send an email, you know, around, oh, that's like, nice. accessing help or anything. Like, yeah. you've got my details, so, can, yeah. you know. Cool. And you've got an Instagram out. page for yourself as a psychologist too. Yeah. Is that right? You yep. share that if you want. Yeah, it's it's just more for, like, giving tips and stuff to people who might yeah, not be yeah. able to not access personal. mental health. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. just, yeah. like, Dr. Amy, psychologist, so, yeah. Cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely share, share that. Uh, okay, we've got to wrap it up. Anything else, Jess? No, I'm done. No? Okay, see you next time, everybody.